so closely to cross-question that idea of making one's protagonist sick. As if to be menaced with death or danger hadn't been from time immemorial for heroine or hero, the very shortest of all cuts to the interesting state. I should have figured be disqualified for a central position by the particular circumstance that might most quicken that might crown with a fine intensity its liability to many accidents, its consciousness of all relations. This circumstance, true enough, might disqualify it for many activities, even though we should have imputed to it the unsurpassable activity of passionate, of inspired resistance. This last fact was the real issue for the way grew straight from the moment one recognized that the poet essentially can't be concerned with the act of dying. Let him deal with the sickest of the sick. It is still the act of living that they appeal to him, and appeal the more as the conditions plot against them and prescribe the battle. The process of life gives way fighting, and often may so shine out on a lost ground, as in no other connection. One had had, moreover, as of various chronicler, one's secondary physical weaklings and failures, one's accessory invalids, introduced with a complacency that made light of criticism. To Ralph Touchette, in the portrait of a lady, for instance, his deplorable state of health was not only no drawback. I had clearly seen, I had clearly been right in counting it, or any happy effect he should produce, a positive good mark, a direct aid to pleasantness and vividness. The reason of this, moreover, could never in the world have been his fact of sex, since men among the mortally afflicted suffer on the whole more overtly and more grossly than women, and resist with a ruder and inferior strategy. I had thus to take that anomaly for what it was worth. And I give it here but as one of the ambiguities, amid which my subject ended by making itself at home and seating itself quite in confidence. With the clearness I have just noted, accordingly, the last thing in the world it proposed to itself was to be the record predominantly of a collapse. I don't mean to say that my offered victim was not present to my imagination constantly, as dragged by a greater force than any she herself could exert. She had been given me from far back as contesting every inch of the road, as catching at every object the grasp of which might make for delay, as clutching these things to the last moment of her strength. Such an attitude and such movements, the passion they expressed and the success they in fact represented, what were they in truth but the soul of drama? Which is the portrayal, as we know, of a catastrophe determined in spite of oppositions? My young woman would herself be the opposition to the catastrophe announced by the associated fates. Powers conspiring to a sinister end and with their command of means finally achieving it, yet in such straits really to stifle the sacred spark that obviously a creature so animated, an adversary so subtle, couldn't but be felt worthy under whatever weaknesses of the foreground and the limelight. She would meanwhile wish, moreover all along, 
to live for particular things. She would found her struggle on particular human interests, which would inevitably determine in respect to her the attitude of other persons, persons affected in such a manner as to make them part of the action. If her impulse to rest from her shrinking hour still as much of the fruit of life as possible, if this longing can take effect only by the aid of others, their participation, appealed to, entangled and coerced as they find themselves, becomes their drama too, that of their promoting her illusion, under her importunity, for reasons, for interests and advantages, from motives and points of view of their own. Some of these promptings, evidently, would be of the highest order. Others, doubtless, mightn't. But they would make up together for her, contributively, her sum of experience.